If you would, bow with me. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask for clarity and conviction and comfort where needed today. Pray your spirit would move mightily in the hearts of your people and they would respond quickly with the truth that you present. Pray for those who have yet to believe that are here. I pray their hearts would be softened by your word and they would turn in genuine repentance and faith this day. In Christ's name, amen. So as we get started this morning, I just want at the outset to say the emphasis today is on not causing your brother to stumble. You could just that if you want to start there, that's just helpful for you to understand and to see. In our house, we have three little boys and there are multiple things typically on the ground uh, that could cause one to stumble. I typically go through uh, the house at night and check the doors and used to I could do that in the dark, you know, no longer. I have to carry a flashlight to make sure that there's nothing on the floor that would cause me to stumble. You know one of the worst things to step on in the dark when you have a little kid? Legos, man, they drive you crazy. Who said Legos? Yeah, everybody, you know. It's like, man, you hate Legos. They're so painful. Um, recently, I watched a video uh, made by Dude Perfect. How many people have watched Dude Perfect? If you haven't, you have missed out on the great jo- one of the great joys of life. Uh, but in Dude Perfect, there's these group of guys that kind of do the impossible. They make up sports, basically, uh, out of sports or something, or just things that are not even sports. And they often have like the Guinness Book of World Records representative there with them uh, when they're doing something uh, extraordinary, or maybe not extraordinary by the average person, but for them and some of us who watch them. But um, they did something recently where uh, they did like the longest barefoot walk through Legos ever. So there are odd things for sure. The previous world record was 82 feet. And they went 146.9 feet, like through, barefooted through Legos. But anyway, uh, that would have made me stumble, like the first step in. You know, I would have been jumping off of there. But I think it's important that we say, like, in, when we're thinking about things and trying to work through things, we are to strive to ensure that we put nothing in the way of fellow believers that would hinder their spiritual maturity. That, that's what we want to be. We want to make sure that we, there are no train wrecks that we're responsible for in someone's life. And that's, uh, or that we helped cause in some way. And so we have to be aware of that and consider that and think about that uh, as we look at this text today. Now, um, this text is very much tied to the previous week's study. And so you just want to keep that in mind because last week we said, listen, there are people that understand that we are free to do a lot of things that, that, that God has granted and, and that, that are not necessarily a sin, but so a mature person would be able to see that there are, there are a lot of things open to us. And then in Paul's teaching, there are immature people uh, that feel very bound 
And probably in this context, there were Jewish church members who felt like that their dietary laws that they had to hold on to, there was certain foods in, in the Jewish system that you could not eat. And so these dietary laws, some were holding tight to those, not realizing that they were free to eat whatever meat that, that was there and, or out there. And at the same time, some probably had particular activities within the Jewish calendar that they were like, we better be a part of those. And in their conscience, they thought, I, to worship the Lord, I have to kind of live in this certain way. So the mature ones, understanding that we're free, uh, would look at those who had not really grasped that yet, uh, and they would almost look down upon them and could kind of act like that they were Lord over them, that they got to make uh, really almost in a way they, they would they be able to police uh, the people that were still holding on to some of those things. And so Paul says to them, listen, don't try to force them against their conscience. Because if they feel like this is the way that they serve the Lord and it's a secondary issue, it's not going to hurt their faith in a sense. Like, just back off. Like, the Lord's going to handle that. One, He is the Lord. Two, they're seeking to worship Him. And three, one day they'll stand before Him. And so you don't have to police everybody is basically what He's saying. He's speaking to the mature. And He's saying, watch out how you treat the immature. Uh, in judging them. Don't judge them. Don't judge them. Now, that might lead some to say, does that mean we never make any judgments about anything? And Paul clearly would not say that. He's making judgments in this text about things. There are things that are clearly scriptural, and if there are in those realms, in that kind of stuff, when we're looking at essential things, We have to get to this point where we recognize, like, in the essential things, absolutely. We have to say, for instance, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. If somebody rejects that, they reject Christianity, right? But then there are things like people would say, well, when I read the Revelation, I read this different than you do, like we talked about last week. And the reality is, is that's an area where you're saying, like, they're not rejecting the gospel. They just have a different opinion about the second coming of Christ. And it's okay that we don't all agree. There are issues of um, ethical things where there are no-brainers. A man should be faithful to his wife, committed to his wife, right? And so we would say, well, that's a no-brainer. This is what is right and this is what is wrong. But then there are secondary issues, and I heard the group speaking of it today on, like, for instance, whether you should drink wine or not. Like, there's some people that uh, feel like that they should not drink wine, that the the call upon the Christian is not just to not be drunk with wine, but just take that a step further and say, stay away from it altogether. And other Christians that say, hold on just a second, as long as I do that within moderation, I'm, I'm free to that. And so, in this regard, and in things like that, you would say, well, hold on, it's a secondary issue, different opinions among Christians, and some kind of hold really to a just totally abstinence, and some would say, no, moderation is how the Scripture teaches it, so we're free, and, and there's people that battle through that, and we say, hey, look, it's not, it's not that big a deal. If you have, you know, for me, when I'm looking at it, it's a secondary issue, as, as most would say, right? And so we're looking through that, and we're trying to work through issues of, you know, as you're looking through stuff, you want to be able to say, and this is what happens too, sometimes you'll meet somebody that's like 
very big on, they have a list of things, and they say everybody is supposed to live in this way. And they like want to push everybody into their box. And you're like, hold on just a second. Do you have anything that like is open to someone's conscience? No, my conscience is to be pressed on everybody. You know, everything's a big issue. And then there are people that are like, nothing's a big issue. And I think the biblical way is to say there are some things like the gospel. You mess with that, you lose Christianity. And there are things secondary where it's like, well, I mean, people are going to have differing opinions. So that may be hard for some of you, but I think Paul just says, listen, you need to consider this. This is a reality. There are things we're free to do, and some just aren't there yet. And so just leave them alone is basically what he said. Now, today, when you're looking at this, because we we need to kind of go down that road to think about it. Today, we need to look at it in terms of Paul continues to press upon the mature to care for the immature. In my house, uh, growing up, there would be times where my parents would say, Watch out for your younger brother. Watch out for him. Just, he's kind of, he's like fragile at some, you know, at some point when you're younger, like, don't do that with him. Be careful. Watch out for him. And it was one of those things that that I do today. I'll say to William, you're the older brother. You kind of set the tone. You got to. And so I think sometimes the emphasis here is on as you grow up in the faith, uh, there's a greater responsibility to you to, to think about someone else's uh, spiritual condition and to be careful uh, to ensure their safety. So the first thing in the first part of chapter um, 14 is don't judge them. The second part is instead serve them. So we have a responsibility within the body of Christ, as we are growing in our understanding of freedom, that we don't like try to push people around. And at the same time, what we're doing is trying to cultivate their life of faith and help them grow up in the Lord. So, you could say it like this. If you want to simplify chapter 14, stop judging, but instead serve. That, that would be the way. So he's taking it a step up today. Serve. Give your life in service to. Now, the major theme, of course, this morning is never cause another brother or believer to stumble. And when needed, lay aside your freedom. Verse 13. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. So he says, stop judging, but instead serve and the way that you serve is you don't want to press them to offend their conscience you want to be really really careful when you're dealing with someone who is growing up in the faith but still has some things that they're struggling through have y'all ever watched the i'm, I'm kind of like today it's like youtube day no not really but have you ever watched the bill dance bloopers some of you like i was net sorry nobody even man but I didn't watch them for a long time until I realized that my boys would think that they were funny. And so now I think they're funny because they think they're funny. Uh, because I really enjoy watching them do it. But I was, um, there's one of them where uh, basically Bill Dance is telling people to be careful and watch out for stuff. And he walks behind his truck and the hitch that comes out, that drop hitch, 
he like runs into it with his knee and like, I mean, I was like, he hit it so hard it knocked him on the ground. Of course, we're laughing. Had we have done that, we would have never laughed. But it, it reminded me of like some of those things in life like that, where if you're not careful, somebody, uh, you would leave something out that would really bruise somebody up really bad. And even worse, you could like not more than just leaving maybe a major bruise, they would limp along through life because of something you did. And so there is this intensity, this this carefulness that we have to have when we're seeking to help people grow up in the faith. We don't want to put anything in the way that would leave some with a, someone with a limp or even worse. Verse 14, I know and I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. So Paul's basically been talking about food, and he says, listen, I know we can eat whatever food we want to eat. Like the, 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 the Mosaic covenant that people were bound by certain things they could eat, that is kind of, it was temporary, and now that's past, and you can eat whatever you want to eat. And I know that. I mean, I'm, I'm clear on that. You, I mean, he's saying kind of the mature. You and I agree. I mean, it, it, we're free. We're not bound to that. Like, but then he comes alongside it and says, listen, but for someone who sees it that way, it is unclean. It means they're not to touch it because their conscience won't allow them to do so. For them to offend their conscience is really to, to, to sin against the Lord. I mean, that's what we'll see as we move through this text. In verse 15 and 16, For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you're no longer walking in love by what you eat. Do not destroy the one for whom Christ died so do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. Now, this is where it kind of ups the thing because it's saying, listen, it's not just that they're not to eat it. It is that if you are with them and their conscience is offended by you doing it, you need to step back and say, okay, should I exercise my freedom when I would cause someone to stumble? And Paul says, of course not. You don't want to do something that would destroy uh, someone else. We would not want to hurt them or offend their faith uh, by doing something that we're free to do, but that's not that important. It's kind of how he lays that out. You need to choose the road less traveled and put others' needs first or above your own. Now, why does he say that? He says, would you destroy the one for whom Christ died? What he's saying is, is if Christ valued them so much, why would you not have the heart of Christ and value them that much? Why would you not think about them above yourself? If Christ died for them and he put such a high value on them, if you were to value them at that same level, then, then how would you respond or how would you live? You do not want to cause harm to your brother. Now, the good thing he speaks of here is likely the Christian's freedom that believers enjoy. That freedom, Paul claims, can be considered evil when it is abused and others are harmed because of it. And so it's just something that we have to constantly remind ourselves of. We want to love them as Jesus loved them. He gave his life for them, and, and you in no way want to hinder their spiritual growth, but you want to offer your life as a sacrifice and for joy's sake you want to um, serve them. So I, I think that's important. Now, this is not to say, and we'll talk about this a little bit at the end, but it's not to say that some, Paul knows that these people need to grow up. 
I mean, that, that's something just to say. It's like there are times where I've thought, you know, it's not that you would leave. It's not that you would never dialogue with somebody and say, hold on just a second. This thing that you're really like stressing over is, is something. I mean, you need to consider whether or not this is what the Lord has said or whether it's just something you're kind of taught growing up. That's not saying that there would never be that kind of dialogue or to consideration. But 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 what he's saying is, look, if this is going to cause any contention, like take the high road. And forget about your appetites and your freedoms for a minute and serve people. That, that's kind of the way he would lay that out. Paul tells them to live by the values of the kingdom. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So he's not saying when he's talking to the strong, he says the strong are not wrong to think that they have freedom. It's, it's not, they're not wrong in that. But they're wrong if they're using their freedom without regard to, to like thinking about the effects upon others. That, that's when they would be wrong. When, when they don't think about their brothers and sisters in Christ, that's when they have taken a step towards disobedience to the Lord. It's a way of saying, look, you need to reorder your priorities and consider what is most important here. And what would be most important here is that you would build up the things of the kingdom more than you would satisfy your appetites. That's how he is laying that out for us. God's kingdom is not about eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The righteousness he speaks of here is is really ethical righteousness, behavior that is pleasing to God. And the peace refers to probably like horizontal harmony, like we are all uh, running together for the kingdom's sake and not divided over things that are really not that important. And ultimately, this would lead to joy. All three of these characteristics, as one walks by the Spirit, should be on display within the body as we serve one another and think of others' needs before ourselves. So I think it's just important we understand that, we get that, we grasp that, and we keep encouraging one another to keep the kingdom central and our felt needs in the moment as secondary, or even our freedoms as secondary when we could further serve uh, the body. Verse 19, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. So we want to be at peace with our brothers and sisters and you want to strive for unity so that we almost uh, all run together I, I think of it in Ephesians 4 where it says that you are to grow we are to grow up into one man there's a unity there that we are striving together for the faith of the gospel we are moving together we don't ever want to be over there bickering about things that don't really matter and so a mature person says Look, they're making something out of a mountain, out of a molehill kind of thing. 
not necessarily publicly say that, but they understand that this is not really an issue that the scripture says you shall not do, but for them it's a battle, and so I'm going to back up. I'm going to, like, in a way, you're restraining, you're pulling back, you're restraining some freedom that you have, you're restraining yourself from doing that if it would hinder someone else. You're thinking about others first. You want to never tear down someone's faith. We want us to be fully functioning. Last week I mentioned this, but Matthew 18 is, is very, it emphasized very strongly our uh, role in the lives of one another. It says in Matthew 18, 5 and 6, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. I think Jesus is talking about his children in the faith, right? And he says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Jesus is saying, listen, I take serious like what is done in the life of a body, in the life of a, the people of God, and your commitment to one another is very serious. Seeking to see someone grow in the faith and not cause them to stumble in any way is serious. Christ takes that very serious. You don't want them to be wounded or tripped up in any way. Matthew 18, verses 10 through 14. says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of the Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go search... Uh, in search of the one that went astray. And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And the idea, again, is his commitment. His commitment to every one of them. Sometimes we might kind of blow somebody off and think, ah, that's not a big deal. It's just one. Just one that's kind of stumbling there. It's not that big a deal to us. But if you have the heart of Christ, it is a big deal. And the matters of the kingdom are to be laid aside in comparison to like your self-interest. We have to put aside our interests and look out for the interests of others and looking out for uh, the needs of a body. And we want to do that and make that our greatest goal and our desire. Verse 22. The faith that you have keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So what is he saying? He's saying the strong are oftentimes to keep their opinions to themselves. I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many times I have, I'm not saying I've always acted in the way I should, but I, there are many times that I've just tried to like, Lord, let me keep my mouth shut. You know? Like, I, I'm, I just let me, because I mean, I hear all kinds of things, right, from people. Everybody tells me kind of how they feel about, not, not in an ugly way, but they'll just tell me how they think about something, you know? And sometimes I'll just be like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. It's not, I don't have to always say, y'all may say, well, he does. But I mean, I don't have to always give my opinion. I mean, sometimes I do, probably too liberally. But I mean, I don't always have to do that because it's, 
there are times when I just, you just need to say, you know what? The Lord wants to work that out. He'll work that out. It's not a gospel issue. They're not going to like walk away from the faith or they're not moving in that direction. And I just have to say, okay, I, I need to just chill out about that. It's not something that is that big of a deal. And I don't have to say you're wrong, you know, and I don't always have to think I'm right. And so, I, you know, all of us need to kind of think in that way and seek to build up the body and, and not police it all the time, right? Especially when it's areas that people do, they have to have different views on it. It's it just, and that's just, that's okay. And, and th- that all works out, you know, over time. You just have to, you know, so I think it's important to understand that. So he's saying, listen, those who have internalized these truths of our freedom, like Paul had, need to be careful about how they want to project that on others. They think about building up the body as a higher value than in entertaining whatever they desire. Paul is saying to the, the weak, he's saying, they should always follow their conscience. And especially if it's not one of those things where certainly if their conscience tells them they're free to do something stupid that would be totally against God's word, no. But as, as they're trying to serve Christ, if they feel like in their conscience, like I should not do this, Jesus would be displeased with me, then, then they need to do what they believe would be the right thing before the Lord. So... They always need to, in his emphasis here, is you always need to do it with a heart of faith. Whatever you do, you need to do it with a heart of faith where you can say, Lord, as I stand before you, trusting you, hoping in you, I I need to do what I think would be the right thing here. So, as we conclude this today, I think you go back to Romans 14. It's something you need to go back to, right? Because as you progress along, it's really, I think I mentioned this, but it's like you could have selective amnesia and you almost forget maybe those moments where you thought a certain way, but you don't think that way anymore. And as you move forward in the faith, as you grow in maturity, there are things that are probably going to fall off along the way. But you always need to remember that there are still people that grew up maybe like you did or whatever that are going to be battling. And so you don't want to beat them up. Like that's what he says. Don't don't beat them up on secondary matters. Instead, look for ways to serve them. Lay aside your yourself and serve. It's a, you're living a life of self-denial for the body is a good thing for you. It's always good for you to, to, to live in such a way where you're denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following the Lord. I think we, we, so we say that to the, to the mature and to the immature, and you say, well, I'm not immature. Well, maybe, maybe you are in some area, right? And to the immature, I would say, like, listen, you may have an oversensitive conscience just because you grew up in the South. And you grew up in a kind of a Christian tradition that that they had a list of do's and don'ts that Christian people do that really didn't address all of life, but you just kind of grew up under that. 
And so your, your conscience may be a little bit oversensitive and the Lord may help you along the way back up from some of the things that you may have held dear. And that's okay too. You just need to know that you may need to grow in maturity. And I would say too, like I, I, because of the area we grew up in, I had like this week somebody come to me and ask me a bunch of questions about the faith. And they said, well, is a Christian supposed to do this and that? And they're, they're asking me all these things. And I'm like, what? I mean, where did this come from? Well, where it came from is they grew up in this world, uh, in, in this particular area of the world, where there are all these people that take secondary matters and kind of exalt them to this place. And they'll be like, Christians shouldn't do this, and Christians should do that, and Christians da-da-da. And they have, she has all these things that she's trying to filter through. And so I did have to stop and say, look, there are things like the gospel that we have to get right. And then there are things that are like kind of secondary things. And so you're having to, we're going to have to kind of work through those. And I mean, that's kind of what I said. Like you just kind of would have to sit down and look and say, okay, does the Bible say this? The Bible say that? The Bible say this? And in the areas where it's, it, there are secondary, she's going to have to work through that. And I think for us, our goal as a church should be to grow in maturity to a level where we can dialogue with people without getting mad over things that don't really matter. Or we can dialogue with one another and say, listen, like people have different views on this and, and you may have this view and you may have that view and we can all be friends, right? And we can all run together and we could all like seek to, to reach people with the gospel. We can all like unite under that and keep running together for the sake of the faith and for the building up of the body of Christ and for the evangelization of the world. We can all run together in that. And I think that's uh, something that we have to do and we need to pray, God make us mature in such a way that we know that we're free, we can walk in that freedom, and yet we're always aware of those around us that may be struggling with an area, and when needed, we'll lay those aside because we want to love people at the highest level possible. And we want to see people growing up in the faith, and we want to see this faith spread throughout the whole world, and we want to see that with, with all of our hearts. And so I think that's important that we see that. And we need to say, like, we are walking throughout this world seeking to make the main thing the main thing. And so we're saying, listen, there is a holy God. We are sinful people. Christ came to save us. And we are to respond in repentance and faith. And we are united in that mission. And we don't want anything to hinder it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that we would, for, um, in, in all ways... Uh, in, in every circumstance, that we would put the message of the gospel central. We pray that we would serve one another in such a way that we would be careful that in every way that we possibly can, that we would seek to build up the body of Christ. And we pray, Lord, that the, what would shine forth through, through our witness would be that, that what we love most is to serve our Lord to serve one another, and to reach the world. In Christ's name, amen. If you would stand with me at this time.